Welcome back to Friends and Enemas, the season freaking finale. You did it. I did it. You did it. A I, full season. I don't know how. Uh huh. Yeah, that's great. Today was kind of crazy. Um, I did three podcast episodes, one of which was for a friend's podcast. Um, was supposed to do this one earlier today, but some obstacles happened that I could not control, and unfortunately, as much as I wanted to control them. I could not. It was a hostage situation. It was a hostage situation. I honestly can't say any more than that. But we are finally back home. And here's another thing, guys. This is actually coming out on Halloween. Mm. Happy Halloween. If you don't know me, I'm a spooky bitch. I fucking love the spooky shit. What about you? Are you fall girly or spooky girly? I already know the fucking answer. You've uh, you got me a, a little bit more spooky. I've been watching scary shows with you. You have? We did Usher and um, House of Usher. We're not done with or Fall of the House of Usher. We're not finished with. Yeah. Um. He watched. Honestly, guys. Um. We've been together for ten years, and this is the first year we've ever gone to a haunted house together. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't act like you didn't like it. It was cool. It was. It was was actually one of the cooler settings I've been in. It was in a abandoned uh, airport hangar in Forks. Washington. Yeah, and we were like driving, and it was like pitch black, and the road going to it just spills out onto the tarmac, and it's it was super creepy. It's actually quite terrifying. Yeah. And there's even a roller chair that, like, when we pulled up, there was this random office chair. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was so creepy, but just the fact it didn't belong was mm-hmm. so creepy. Um, when we so we went with our two besties, Tim and Amanda. And when we got up there, they split us up and said that girls had to go with girls and guys had to go with guys for the footage. And I was like, for the footage? The hell are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that thing you just signed, which we had just signed a freaking waiver. This is your PSA to read agreements. Um, He said, yeah, you just signed it. Girls have to go with girls. Guys have to go with guys for the footage. And I was like, wow. So he talked us into this. Lo and behold, he was lying the whole time. I was like, damn it. I knew I should have slowed down and read that thing. I knew it didn't say that. Yeah. But um, me and Amanda held off. Like, we went in by ourselves, and it was very scary. These little kids were popping out of every corner, creepy little things. Great little actors and actresses. And then at one point, we we decided to wait on the boys because we were so scared. <laughs> and yeah. she had gone. She was in front the whole time. And I was like, I'm not going in front. I'm not. It is terrifying. You guys made me go in front for a while. It's terrifying. And then you were in the Especially back. Especially the... The uh, the very last where it was just literally black, tar- pitch black, like the blackest black. You cannot see. We you don't actually, know if you're looking up, down. We had to cheat a little bit yeah. because we literally couldn't see and we were in a maze mm-hmm. and literally could not see. Had to use our phone a little bit and then we finally got out. Um, but I will say the clown that didn't make a sound was the scariest one. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a classic. I was like, and he just followed us like like heavy footsteps so i have got jared into the spooky mood which makes me so happy because i am truly a spooky girl at heart i love my favorite books are paranormal paranormal spooky books i love haunted haunted houses reading about hauntings i'm not a huge gore person but i'll watch it but that doesn't scare me paranormal freaks me out and i love it Mm -hmm. um we want we watched haunting of hill house Mm -hmm. you you liked uh, Hill House was good. I, I didn't care for Bly Manor. I didn't finish Bly Manor. Yeah, we stopped. I let him DNF Bly Manor. Do not finish because um, he was not into it. So I was like, whatever. You gave Hill House a good try. We're watching uh, The Fall of House of Usher. Which, but again, like Haunting of Hill House is my shit. Haunting mm-hmm. Fall of the, House of the House of Usher is not actually that scary to me. It's just interesting. No, it's more of a thriller. I wouldn't even call it a horror. Yeah. Um, not like, like I think the whenever I stopped watching um scary movies was whenever my little sister made me go watch the strangers yeah and then my brother stood outside with that mask and when was that when strangers came out yeah was... that was that was like one of the only times in my life that i like you know how they say they were frozen in terror yeah uh, like i i was frozen i didn't move really yeah for you like, just stared out the window it felt like 10 full seconds i didn't move and then it must have been bad enough my, he he pulled the mask off to show it was him oh yeah you were how old would you have been? You'd have been in high school. Uh, I was old enough that it was embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was still really scary, though. Yeah. So we were going to dress up in costume, but here we are not dressed up in costume, which I am a little disappointed about. But we do have a good excuse. 
We are actually leaving for a contract tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and this was the last day that we could record because we were about to be busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah, we're leaving for a contract tomorrow in the Bay Area. We are super, super excited. But man, the last week and a half has been so freaking busy. Mm-hmm. I haven't even been able to think of a damn costume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been I I don't know how many more holidays we can say this but it snuck up on me and i I feel like everything but it really did yeah i do know what i wanted to be though what pennywise oh yeah yeah because i'm actually not a huge clown person they kind of freak me out but like me as pennywise that would be so fun you remember it was maybe a couple years it might have been before covid or i don't know it all blends together but when going out creepy clowns in the middle of nowhere for no reason it wasn't halloween I don't think it was around when it came out, but there was just creepy clowns like hanging out in the middle of nowhere and people would spot them and they were like really terrifying. I don't remember this and I'm really glad I didn't. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that shit. It happened for a, a little while I, and there were several sightings like all over the US of clowns just walking around and they were in like the legit like Pennywise scary costumes. Mm, no thanks. Yeah. Will you give um, that one year that we were in Stillwater around halloween will you give that little brief real quick a little intro to your own scary story the guy walking down the highway right across your work that you saw oh yeah this was quite a few years ago yeah and i'm sure it's something that could be looked up i um it's gotta be it was nothing like that well you tell it i'll look it up and see if i can find it okay uh yeah i was working in sales at the time and uh i remember everybody was like crowding around the window because we were right by the highway that leads west out of Stillwater, if you know Stillwater. Um, and there was this guy walking down with a big, I think it was a machete or a large hatchet or a knife or something like that, uh, covered in blood. And I think it was somewhere around Halloween, because I, I remember people being at first thinking it was a costume or there's a guy in a costume, but he's still on the highway, so it's not appropriate or something like that. And we thought it was just a costume and the guy, the guy was... Uh, you know, in the highway trying to to play some character and doing it poorly. Uh, and then a whole bunch of police come up and arrest this guy, 10 cop cars, you know, it's this whole big thing. And then um, you've probably got the info on it. Later on, come to find out, he had like, what, behead his roommate earlier that day? Yeah, so because this was actually posted on October 31st, 2014. So I think it was the 30th. Oh yeah, the 2014, that was, yeah, I was working, yeah. Right, yeah, that's okay. why that that you were working there. I was hoping I remembered it correctly. You did. Um, and yes, it was like literally the day before Halloween, you freaking saw this man walking down with blood all over him. A bunch of people did. Yeah. Sorry. Or if that was not necessary. Not cool, our dog's trying to scare us now too. <laughs> Um, So I'm just going to read the Oklahoman wrote on it. Um, It says covered in blood and still holding a large knife that police say he just used minutes before to nearly decapitate his brother's roommate, Isaiah Zohar Marin, dialed 911. He says, I murdered somebody, he told the operator. Moments later, Wednesday afternoon, police say they found Marin running west near a car dealership on State Highway 51, still carrying the weapon. When they asked Marin where he was coming from, authorities say Marin directed them to the nearby apartment where they found the body of Jacob Andrew Crockett, 19 years old, so sad, um, of Stillwater. Yeah. I'm not going to go through the whole report. but I, yeah. I think I recall he was uh, he was mentally ill. Religious and, uh, zealot. Yeah, religious. He he, uh, he had taken on a new religion. And, and was on heavy drugs. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I think the roommate, the brother's roommate had made a disparaging comment about his new religion. I don't recall Something what it was. Something like that. And, uh, and yeah, he killed him. Yeah, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but that in itself is terrifying. And that's also one of my like, I guess fears around Halloween. Like Halloween's my favorite holiday, even though I didn't dress up, but it is my favorite holiday. And the fact that that stuff happens is really, really scary mm-hmm. because you can't tell. It looked like a costume yeah. when he was walking down the road. Um, but that brings me into what we're doing today. So we are telling some spooky tales, both from Reddit and then some that you guys sent in. I'm really excited to read these. Um, our first one, it asks to be left anonymous. So are, these, are they specifically hospital healthcare stories? Um, some of them might be. 
honestly, I haven't read them. I didn't read the spooky stories because I wanted to be spooked myself. Mm. So I did ask for hospital or clinic type stories. So we'll see. Okay. But um, th- maybe not. But they are from fellow listeners. And this one is anonymous. So let's dive in. It says, hi, Lindsay. First off, I just wanted to say your Instagram and podcast has given me light in the realms of nursing. I'm almost a new grad, graduate in December. That's coming up. And nursing school and clinical has been such an has been such an anxiety-driven thing for me these past few years. So thank you for making it seem not as scary and for helping me find the light inside of it. You're welcome. Okay, now for the story. I was at clinical the other day in MICU, the medical ICU, at the hospital that we do clinical at. We had a postcode patient come to the floor, so there were a bunch of nurses and staff in the room trying to get the patient settled on the vent and all of the things. A nurse came up to me and said, hey student, do you want to put the catheter in? I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I haven't done this on a real patient, just a mannequin, so how hard could it be? The patient was skin and bones as well, so I was feeling extra confident. That's probably where it's the most difficult, to be honest, when they're really skinny. Well, I opened this, well, I open the kit and clean everything as I'm getting ready to insert. I'm like, oh shit, female anatomy is really hard. Needless to say, I missed the first time. So a nurse goes to get another kit for me while the other catheter is still sitting in the vagina. I'm like, okay, I can do this on the second try. Good technique though. Good technique. If yeah. If you miss, leave it there. Leave it there. Use it as a guide for your next one. Exactly. The nurse grabbed me a flat. The nurse grabbed me a flashing this time to kind of help out. I think they mean a flashlight. Like maybe a light. Sorry, I don't. I'm sorry. I hope I'm not ruining the story. As I go in for the second time, I'm like, oh shit, I still can't see the urethra. So I just go for it and miss again. I'm feeling pretty dumb at this point in my second semester of nursing school and having to try for a third time in this catheter. So my nurse grabs me another kit. And remember, this patient is postcode, so there's a ton of people in this room. As I'm going in for the third try, the pulmonologist walks in and sees all the catheter kits just laying on the bed. He goes, you having some trouble there? As he sees... As he says that, he nudges me out of the way, takes one of the dirty catheters out of the vagina and shoves it into the correct hole. Nope. Mm-mm. Wrong thing to do. Mm-mm. The whole time I'm standing there like, uh, that was not sterile. I started to freak out because at my school, if you get one mark on a clinical for doing something wrong, you're threatened with failing the semester. And I was not about to fail my last semester for that. I immediately started panicking and I pulled the nurse aside and I'm like, so my name is not going into the chart for that because I did not place it. I did not want to get called for the, for causing a caudy as a student. I called my instructor as well to come to the floor so I could explain what happened. Needless to say, I didn't get in trouble for anything, but now catheters in the ICU has scarred me. (laughs) Nursing school clinicals is just traumatic in itself (laughs) at the school I go to. After leaving my shift, I was so thankful to be coming, to be to be becoming a NICU nurse and working alongside with babies and not adults. Thanks for le- reading. Please leave me anonymous. Okay, so spooky story. <laughs> it's actually a lighthearted story. Yeah, yeah. So a, a different different type of spooky. It is, it is the scary. first time you have to, especially like if doing anything for a postcode. I mean, whenever a postcode hits the ICU, people just flood in there. There's tons of nurses and lab and uh, the doctors are in there. Yes. RTs setting up. You know, there's tons of people. So doing anything in front of a bunch of people is nerve wracking. Even as a, like a four year nurse, you know, you, you, uh, it, you know, you still don't like doing That's stuff scary. in front of people. Cause you're like, am I, remember, am I, you know, is my sterile technique? Right. Technique my- in today. Right. Yeah. Well, even like, like they said, like it is scary. Like looking at the female anatomy can be so different for every freaking patient. Well, yeah, you, you think anatomy is anatomy, but it's not. Anatomy ain't anatomy. Especially female anatomy. It, it's a, uh, you know, once you get down there, the the it's hole not. that's supposed to be above the other hole is not always a vertical alignment. Exactly. Sometimes it's off to the side. Like sometimes they're switched uh, around. Yeah, stuff do be different. Don't stuff I? do be different. Okay, so. Like I said, I didn't read these, so that was spooky in its own sense, and spooky for new grads. So yes. that was that was cute. Spooky for new grads in a, a scary, scary situation, and that doctor is uh, very rude. Why? How, how would you? You're in a hospital. In any hospital on earth, somebody is being taught something. 
Like, you figure that you, you, you know, would assess the situation. What's scary about that, or spooky, is um, not allowing... Yes, it's a postcode and a lot of people are in there, but the catheter is not the most important part in that scenario. So why not let the new grad learn right. versus you taking over? Also, you weren't even a urologist. You're a pul pulmonologist, which is interesting. I've only seen that done one time where a pulmonologist intervened and put in a catheter. And that's because four nurses could not get the catheter in and we needed extra hands and they had just seen the wink. So they took over. But honestly, that's... That's Let the new grad. That's not absurd. Like a the, priority. The the stuff that lives in the vaginal canal is not stuff that's supposed to live in the urethra. No. Nope. So time. honestly, congrats to this uh, nursing student for telling everyone and like being um, yeah. on top of everything. You know. Yeah. Moving on. Um, this one I just skimmed over. It does look like something scary. Uh, says. Just listen to your podcast from today. You're hilarious. So nice to hear other people throw around fucking this and fucking that like me. <laughs> hmm. uh, thank you. Anyway, I used to be, I used to have a recurring dream. I would feel like I was awake, but apparently I wasn't. I would see someone standing somewhere in my bedroom at the door, at the foot of the bed, a man in formal dresses, tails no less, with a knife of some sort. Not necessarily the same knife. I could never see his face though. Then I would sit up in bed screaming. I think that's why my husband has AFib. <laughs> hmm. It happened frequently when we lived in an older, for Florida, 50s house down the street from where I've lived now for 24 years. That house was, that house was one of the earlier houses built on our end of the island. I know, I know natives were here way back. That's how the island got its name. I think that house was built over a burial ground or something significant one of my friends who stayed at the house when we were away had a couple of things happen but i can't remember exactly what it's quiet at this house till monday night when someone whispered till monday night when someone whispered in my ear ma'am or man in a low voice not too deep i sat up so fast like a jack-in-the-box no one was there i'm sleeping across the house from hubby i also have fairy lights in my room so it wasn't pitch black that's it. Looking forward to your podcast. Hell no. Hell That's... no, dude. Hell no. And especially like the, I think the worst part for me is uh, recurring dreams. Like it feels more real. It feels like something's trying to tell you something. Yeah. Something or someone. Yeah. Like I, I remember uh, all through my childhood, I, I was like real young. Uh, I had a recurring dream and do you remember what it was? Yeah. Yeah. My parents had this, we had a, like an old, like, um, caravan, you know, just a, a minivan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember whenever the dream started, I was in the back seat of it and the, like the driver's and passenger seat was right in front of me and we'd be going down the dirt road, leaving, leaving my parents' house. And whenever I remember saying something like asking a question and nobody answered. And I would ask it again, nobody would answer. And like, as we were pulling up to that road spills out onto a pretty major highway, major highway for Oklahoma. Um, and they weren't answering me. So I remember I would grab the, the side of the seat and I pulled myself up there to like say Look it directly that. to my dad and nobody was in the car. Uh, by, you know, nobody in the passenger seat, nobody was driving the car. Mm. And as soon as I looked up and realized nobody was driving, it would start to spin out of control and I would always wake up before it went to the highway. Yeah. I had that dream like several times. I don't like that. Yeah. I feel oh. like there, there's gotta be a message in there somewhere. I don't know. I feel like maybe you should tell a therapist that and mm. let them uncover what yeah. that means. Ew. That's me apart. creepy. Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, I want to tell them about our roommates that we had. Oh yeah. That's catching. fucking scary. Yeah. So Jared and I have had a plethora of roommates, um, but these roommates were our last roommates for good freaking reason. Uh, we met them on Craigslist, as most people do in this small town when we're, lo we're looking. Um, we're all students, so we're looking for roommates, and it was another couple and us. We move into the house. Everything is fine for the first couple of months. I mean, smoothly. We're all getting along no big issues there 
Um, however, the girl that lived there, let's call her Sam. She was an artist and could draw really well. You remember that? Mm -hmm. She could draw really well. Very talented. I remember one day she, we started opening up to each other, you know, and she was drawing this thing um, while telling me a story about her childhood. She told me that her mother, which was um, dying of cancer at the time, had given her this dream catcher when she was little and she felt like she couldn't get rid of it. However, from the night she got it, this bird-like man creature that was hunched over super tall, like too tall for the room. So his back would hunch over where the ceiling was with these bird-like feathery, long spindly fingers and this crooked ass beak would stare at her in the corner of her room. And obviously she's like four years old or something would get up and go tell her parents. And of course it's never there when they get there. She's drawing this thing for me. I remember it like clear as day. I was like, I don't need to see it. That's the f- yeah. <laughs> scariest. Why are you drawing it? Scariest thing. Yeah. Why are you drawing it? Why do I need to see it? But yeah. she wanted me to see just how real it was to her. And I was like, okay, girl, you know, damn. Well, she's like, this is, this is like, they want, you know, day one of things starting to go wrong in our house yeah. where tensions are rising. Personalities are changing. Things are just like, maybe just not not all right and um i remember one day i came home from school and she was like Lindsay, i need to talk to you someone was here looking for you knocking on the door like remember all that weird stuff like someone was knocking on the door looking for you um i was like no one even knows i live here like who would even know it was a pretty shitty part of town all this stuff was happening and then she told me that she started seeing that thing in our house and i was like ah hell no i was like sam you gotta tell that thing to go away like i don't know what you gotta do but it, it better stay on your side of the house mm. it better not come over to my side of the house like uh-uh i don't think i even told you that that part i don't remember yeah i don't call that well fast forward the house is honestly getting a lot of tension like we're not getting along anymore we're kind of just keeping to ourselves me and jared do our thing they do their thing me and jared go out of town for a bit and mind you she still has this damn dream catcher in her room don't know why we come back home and first thing I notice is that fucking dream catcher on our bedroom door handle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not touching that thing. What the fuck is that? So I went and knocked on her door. I was like, hey, why is your dream catcher on our bedroom door? And she was like, oh, well, last night I woke up um, to. Br- well, last night I woke up to Brad screaming waking shaking me to wake up in the middle of the night because he saw that thing in the corner of their bedroom her boyfriend Mm -hmm. she wakes up they turn the lights on she did see it it's not there and he had the bright idea let's put this in Lindsay and jared's room under their bed don't tell them to see if they see that thing too Mm -hmm. i remember that like what the audacity I was like huh yeah I said you did not put that in our room and she's like no I put it on your bedroom door handle like you know hoping to get the same effect we literally packed our shit up that day and went and stayed at your mom's house you remember that yeah I I remember there being so I want to see your bird man get your fucking bird man away from me Mm -mm. that scared the literal shit out of me and we literally left like we locked our room we got all, all of our shit out over the course of a weekend but we did not stay there another night yeah we get we got our we paid our half the rent we said peace yeah and that's uh and that was our we, we swore then we will stay in <laughs> i'll stay in an even crappier house if we can live by ourselves i'll stay in my car before yeah. that shit yeah um so yeah that was not fun okay Moving on though, I have a story from Reddit. Um, it is called, it's from subreddit no sleep. Subreddit, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Or just R no sleep. R no sleep. Um, it says, I'm a nurse in a haunted hospital. We don't tell the patients these stories. I work as a nurse in a post-surgical unit in the biggest hospital in my city. Patients come from hundreds of miles away to get their operations here. The surgeons are known to be the best. 
But what we don't tell the patients, what we're not supposed to tell them, is that there are ghosts here. Just like at any other hospital, people pass away and their spirits sometimes linger. Or maybe it's just a fragment of them that remains behind. Something that science can't yet explain. There have been more than a few events that have raised the hair on the back of my neck and some that have sent me into hysterical screaming fits. But those types of reactions are frowned upon in the hospital, so I try to stay calm. <laughs> there was this time a few months ago when a patient told me that she felt like there were three other people in the ward room with her and each of the other three beds around her. They were talking back and forth and whispering, she said, but the weird thing was she was alone in the four bedroom. I pulled back the curtains and showed her myself. All of the other beds were empty and there was no visitors or staff in the room with her. As if that wasn't disturbing enough, a few weeks later, a different patient said the exact same thing when she had been left alone in the same room. She described it exactly the same way, saying they're whispering back and forth and it was keeping her awake. I felt a chill go up my spine when she told me that, but reassured her that the room was empty and she was simply imagining things. People have enough to worry about when they're recovering from surgery. We don't need them to be fretting about specters and ghosts when they should be worried about their physio and discharge appointments, lifting restrictions, and medication adjustments. So we just keep these stories to ourselves. Some nurses say they couldn't sleep in a certain storage room during breaks on night shifts since they'd had too many bad experiences there. When I asked them about it, they said that they'd had bad dreams and felt like someone was in the room with them standing over them while they slept. I didn't believe in those things myself, so I slept in there one night and found out firsthand why nobody else wanted to use it as a nap room during breaks. I had the most realistic waking dream I'd ever had, where I'd awoken in the storage room and felt like someone was in there with me, watching me from the corner of the room, their dark outline visible in the dim lit room. <laughs> when I went to turn on the lights, they didn't work and the door wouldn't open. Oh, no, 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 no. If I feel like I'm trapped. I'm fucking out of there. No, I don't. I don't do the. This, those are the worst ones where you, you wake up, but you're still in the dream. Like, mm -mm. yeah, I hate that. And for some reason, in my dream, which seemed like reality, I chose to lie back down and go to sleep again, while the thing crept closer and closer, vanishing, only to reappear just above me. It felt like my eyes were open the whole time, and I was being forced to watch paralyzed as it hovered over the top of me for what felt like hours it was watching me while I slept as I struggled and was unable to move. I finally came to my senses and finished my break early, going back to work and trying to forget about the horrible experience, but I refused to sleep in that storage room ever again. There was another event which haunts me to this day, especially since I'm heading in for a night shift right now in just a few minutes. Another nurse told me a story on night shift last week, and I've been thinking about it a lot since then. It's been occupying my mind more and more, especially when I'm alone in the break room at night. We have a staff room where there are two small couches and a TV. Some nurses go in there to sleep during breaks on the night shift and try our best, and we try our best not to wake them. She was sleeping on the couch there one night and a bright light woke her up. There's an adjoining room with a bathroom and locker, so she figured one of the nurses must have gone in there and left the light on. I looked over at the door, she told me. You know how it has that little glass window and you can see through to the other side? Yeah, I said. I see it every day. So there's this woman on the other side of the door and she's looking at me through the glass. I got shivers up my spine when she said this. Maybe because it was night shift, maybe because that was where I was going to on my break in an hour to sleep or at least try to. And so I see her there, but she's not really looking at me. She's just kind of staring straight ahead. The first thing I notice about her is her hair. It was very old fashioned sort of style, not like anything you'd see today. It was like it was from the seventies or maybe earlier. And she was wearing these funky blue pinstripe scrubs and a nurse's cap. You know, nobody wears a cap anymore these days. And those scrubs, they look like the ones you know, in the lobby, how they have those ones on display from way back then, just like that. I was nodding along, along, able to picture all of it as if I was there with her. Another nurse walked in and heard us. What are you guys talking about? Ghosts. I replied simply. He scoffed. You guys believe in that stuff? Two of us shared a knowing look. He hadn't been working on the floor long enough to have seen these himself. And some people just aren't a ton to these things. The nurse went back to her story. So she's just standing there, staring straight ahead, and I thought it was the IV nurse at first because sometimes they'd come in during night shift and use the bathroom or whatever. So I yelled at her, hey, turn that light off, will ya? I'm trying to sleep in here. 
but she just kept staring straight ahead, so I put the pillow over my head and tried to sleep more. When I woke up later on, that light was still on, so I asked around. Nobody came in there during the night, and that room is locked, so it wasn't a patient. And I saw the IV nurse later on, and they were not dressed like that. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who it was, though. According to her, the woman was the ghost of a nurse who had died driving home after a long night shift, had fallen asleep at the wheel. Based on the description she'd given, an older co-worker had recognized her. She said that it was exactly what an old nurse who used to work there would look like, and from that point on, the nurse who told me the story always remembered to stay awake behind the wheel on the drive home. Every time my eyes start to blink and I'm getting tired, I think about that old nurse with the curly gray hair standing behind the glass and I'm wide awake again. Better than a freaking cup of coffee, I'll tell you. <laughs> Something occurred to me as she finished the story. That's really weird. My patient in room 14 told me last night that they saw someone peeking their head in the room and looking at them. And sometimes they would just stand in the doorway and stare at them for a while. She said the person had a very old fashioned haircut and old fashioned scrub. She thought it was a ghost or maybe a hallucination. Ghosts and hallucinations are a commonplace on the post-surgical floor and sometimes it can be difficult to tell the two apart. Pain medication induced post-operative delirium is not unheard of, especially in the elderly. She thought it was the Dilaudid, so none, none of that tonight, just sticking with Tylenol. Good idea, the other nurse said, and I excused myself. I figured I'd check on my own patients, especially the ones in room 14. I was somewhat unsurprised to see a woman in blue pinstripes with a cap looking in at them from the doorway. Despite my terror, I began to walk on shaky legs down the hall towards her. She turned to look at me and went away from the patient's room, going down the hall at the end of the unit. I ran to catch up with her, needing to see for myself who she was. When I got to the end of the hall, I looked to the left. She was gone, but it had only been a few seconds. I ran down the short length of the hallway to the next corridor. This other one was much much longer she could not have disappeared so quickly unless she went into a patient's room but again she was gone with my heart hammering in my chest i refused to believe it was a ghost such things don't exist room nine was the only one she could have gone into in such a hurry i went in and found all of the patients were wide awake despite the late hours of the night it was 3 a.m of course and everyone should have been asleep it's freezing in here can you get me a warm blanket asked the patient by the door i told her i would and she nearly screamed in fright Oh my goodness, the old woman said. I didn't see you there. So who were you talking to? The other nurse, the one who just came in. Where did she go? I felt a presence behind me and looked to the shape of something moving, but then it was gone, like a wisp of smoke on a windy day. Not wanting to tell the woman it had been a ghost, I just made up an excuse and told the woman I'd get her that warm blanket. Nothing seemed to help, though. None of the patients in that room slept very well that night, if at all. They kept saying it felt like someone was in there, laying in the bed right next to them come to think of it it's the same room where patients kept imagining other people in the room with them except this time it really was full i haven't seen the ghost nurse since since that night and i'm hoping i never do again it's terrifying to say the least since i don't really understand why she's here and you never know exactly when she's going to show up i'm heading into work for another night shift wish me luck i'm gonna need it why do, why that was do they a long always story. chase the paranormal entity down the creepy corridor. I don't know. This is a freaking white person thing. I know already that's a white person telling the story. Only the white people do stupid shit in horror movies. Ugh. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, I, I don't know. Smarter. You would think in a world where there are ghosts, a hospital would be kind of a, a no-brainer. Oh yeah, you know, lots of people oh. die there, and, and sometimes violently. And I and fully believe hospitals are haunted. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I would never be able to go to the morgue downstairs, yeah. especially night shift. Oh yeah, hell no. I wouldn't want to. Hospital units, especially like closed old, units, old units, they're creepy. So they're creepy. Real creepy. Um. So some of the comments doesn't sound like the ghost is evil or threatening. She just seems like she's doing her job, checking in on people who need it. The one in the storage room sounds a little creepier though. Yeah, they talk about that a lot uh, on, like, Scared to Death, like, benevolent ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like after Scared to Death is one of my favorite podcasts, if you guys are creepers like I am. Um, if I ever came in contact with a ghost or something I think is a ghost, I think I would just ask, tell it. If you mean me no harm, let me know. 
You know what I mean? Because honestly, if you're just hanging out, I don't, I don't really care. We can live here together. We can work here together. This comment made me laugh. It says, imagine having to work after you die. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck is she there? It'll be the hospital. Doesn't sound like she's working, she's working that much. Mostly loitering and doing a little spooking. <laughs> uh, she's stuck. Probably doesn't realize she died, maybe. I would like to hear what kind of nurse she was. She sounds like she was a very attentive nurse. and Maybe slipped away and woke up dead, if you get what I mean. Uh, I think if I was working here, I'd be more afraid of the ghost in the storage room. That one seriously needs to learn personal space and boundaries. As for the other nurse, I feel kind of sorry for her. She passed from a tragic accident, and in her afterlife, she was looking for her patients, even though she can't do all that much in her ghostly form. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be way more concerned about the sleep paralysis demon that lives in the yeah break room. Honestly, sleep. have you ever had sleep paralysis? Yeah, one time. Me too. It's horrifying. Do you remember it? Yeah. Tell it. Uh, there was there was just nothing to it. I, I woke up. Uh, there was no, like, hallucination. There was no ghost. There was no nothing. I just, my eyes popped open, and I was conscious, but I couldn't move my body. Uh, it lasted, I, I think it was maybe 10 or 15 seconds. So sleep paralysis is so weird because it, it hits everyone differently. Some people can move certain parts of their body. Some people can't move anything at all. And um, was it Bly Manor we were watching where she had sleep paralysis? That's right. I think that's right. Where she kind of moves her fingers. So um, I had sleep paralysis one time and it was terrifying. I was having a nightmare. Remember I used to have night terrors mm-hmm. when we first got together um, while I was having a nightmare and I woke up from it. But the thing in my nightmare was sitting on my chest. This is what's f- fucking creepy about sleep paralysis when you're having a nightmare with it. The thing was sitting on my chest. And when I woke up, I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I couldn't open my eyes. And so I couldn't see the pressure that was make, forcing me down that wouldn't let me move. Um, and like, it felt like an eternity to me, but I was like, mm, you know, like, mm, like yeah. freaking the fuck out. Cause I couldn't say words. Mm-hmm. And finally I got this jolt of like energy or I was able to move and I sat up, still could not open my eyes, was doing this to my eyes. And I swear to God, they would not open maybe 10 seconds. And I finally peeled them open and was like, ah! Like my mouth would open. I mm-hmm. uh, literally went downstairs and slept with my little sister Lauren. <laughs> I yeah. said, "Fuck that shit! What the fuck's up here?" It's yeah, it's terrifying being like fully conscious but not in control of your body. No, and and having a dream that something's sitting on me and then not able to move. Yeah, I don't know. People say it's oh, it's just coincidence. I don't know about that. Um, I want to read a couple more comments from this one. It says, every time I go to the hospital, I see at least one ghost. I've seen them my entire life, though, so it's not a biggie. I remember one in particular that would just traipse into my room when I gave birth to my youngest daughter. He was a young man, maybe early 20s, and he was dressed kind of late 80s, early 90s, probably a patient who had passed away. If you think haunting a hospital sucks, imagine ghosts getting stuck in retail stores. Years ago, I worked at Walmart. Our general manager was a nice enough guy to me, but apparently not to everyone. He ended up com- he ended up committing suicide because he was in the middle of a nasty divorce and another employee made sexual harassment allegations. For years, I would catch a glimpse of him every time I went to shop at that Walmart. I felt so bad for him. I couldn't think of a worse place to be stuck. Yeah. Sad. In retail, man. In retail. And I feel like you deal with even worse people than in a hospital. Yeah, like ghost Karens. Ghost Karens! <laughs> Um, yeah. Wow. That was a really good yeah. story. Yeah, well written. It's not like it might have been uh, overseas by yeah. some of the stuff they wrote. And, like, honestly, the person who wrote it is a storyteller, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one more. Maybe you have time for it. This one seems a little smaller, but there are quite a few comments. So, this says, this is from our nursing. Scary stories slash ghost stories from your hospital or work. I'm an EMT and I eat this stuff up. I'm not necessarily religious. I'm on the fence about it, but I've experienced some stuff that I just can't explain. I can recall one fairly well. I was in the basement of a hospital. Listen, I'm sorry, pause. Basement of a hospital is absolutely a no-go for me. I was in the basement of a hospital grabbing a new gurney as ours was ripped apart from a violent patient. It was 3 a.m., Picky was on the third floor, and it was locked down for the night. No visitors in the hospital. The basement storage unit was packed with stuff, so when I felt my shirt get pulled on, I assumed it got caught on an object. Then it happened again. 
Only this time, I heard a little girl's voice, crystal clear, say, I'm lost. My heart was pounding. I felt all the hairs on my body stand up, and I called I called my partner down to help me with the gurney. <laughs> I talked to nurses, CNAs, and even some physicians who have had weird experiences, especially in the ICU and hospice side. Mm. You said... <laughs> it's always... Little kids are so creepy. They're so creepy. Yeah. Um, those are my favorite stories on Scared to Death podcast are the little creepy black-eyed children. Why are they so damn creepy? And what do they want? Little grudge babies. Little grudge babies. Okay. This comment says, This isn't scary, but it haunts me more than anything. I had a young mother come into labor and delivery for a scheduled C-section for triplets at 33 weeks. I was doing her HMP and ultrasound for fetal position. She was super squirrely and nervous, so I asked her if there was anything I could do to help allay her concerns she told me that they had warned her of all these terrible things that would happen with a multiple pregnancy and none had heck she'd been mall walking yesterday and the babies were all projected to be over four pounds hence the c-section now then she said i'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop i tried to reassure that everything looked great her c-section did go well and all three babies were big i rounded on her the next morning and went off service i even told her that see see she hadn't had anything to worry about she died the next day from acute cardiac decomposition in a helicopter on the way to another hospital trying to get a heart transplant. She apparently had been developing dilated cardiomyopathy and the uterus pressing on her SBC was keeping her compensated. The, del- the delivery killed her. She knew. Somehow, she just knew. This bothers me more than any ghost ever could. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's Man. sad. That's one thing that God. sounds ridiculous until you work in healthcare yeah. they they talk about impen- feelings of impending doom and all that it is absolutely real all the it, comments impending doom is one of my worst fears as a nurse oh yeah if i i've had it it's happening multiple times where if somebody says i just don't feel right something is wrong yeah. and, and it's usually whenever they're already fairly critically ill and they start talking like that like just be ready just be ready i mean yeah. there's so many comments under this like agreeing with this early in my career i had a patient go for a ct an older dementia dementia patient she swore if she went and had the test that she was going to die it took us all day and her family coming in to talk to her talk her into having it she went down there about an hour and a half when she called a code blue in radiology and she died no yeah, it's like you can Oof. feel death in the room with you you know yeah Okay, I'm going to read this last one because it looks good. I started my nursing career at a small and very old urban hospital. I'm just not a fan of these small hospitals. Yeah, I want, I want big hospitals, brand new. Brand new. Yeah. Not built on a burial ground. Right. I started my career in my nursing career at a small and very old urban hospital. So small that they were closing it all up. I worked in labor and delivery and we were the only unit left. There were a bunch of clinics and offices, but they weren't open on nights and weekends. One night, we had to do a reasonably emergent C-section on a patient who was from out of town, meaning she didn't have a support person with her. As far as I remember, the C-section was going very well. I was scrubbing in. I was scrubbed in. We were in the middle of it when the patient stopped responding to the anesthesia anesthetist Oof, sorry my eyes are getting bad her vitals were all normal but she just stopped talking to her stopped responding to questions i could hear the, anest- the anesthetist ask her hey are you okay a few times after a few minutes the patient started responding again and all was well i had her in the recovery room just me and her the babies were in the nicu and things were pretty straightforward but i did mention to her about the strange episode during the c-section she said i saw my grandmother in the or i was so scared and i asked her to hold my hand but she told me that she couldn't touch me that was something for a 23 year old to hear at 0300 in a room far away from any of my co-workers in a very very old and empty hospital mm-hmm. that's scary it's like being <clears throat> in with the like elderly patients and they're seeing people like just the, the feeling of you're standing you know right here at the bed they're looking at you but it's through through you, you and they're talking to somebody that's clearly behind you oh man i just nope that shit is scary yeah you want to read this last one to me sure 
My eyes are getting bad. That's why I kept stumbling. Uh, this PC you want? Yeah, this one. Alright. Uh, it was my second night with this patient in his late 80s. He was terminally ill and was leaving for home hospice. In the middle of the night, I go to do vitals and he's talking out loud in his sleep and fidgeting. Hadn't done it the night before. I wake him up and ask him um, and ask him what he was dreaming. He tells me he's dreaming about being with his friends when he was younger, such as going to the bar and partying. Said it was some of his favorite times in his life. I thought that must have been a great dream and I left when I finished care. A couple hours later, I had left with a co-worker to pick up a patient. When I returned, all of my co-workers are freaking out, even our senior nurses. My patient was on a portable video because... Oh, I don't like this already. Uh, because he could be forgetful at times. On the camera, they had witnessed multiple orbs shooting through the room that had looked similar to shooting stars. Uh, we get that from time to time, but they said that there were a crazy amount uh, to where the room looked like it was glowing. Some co-workers even went in to check. When they did, the video person said they'd disappear and return when the staff left. By the time I returned, the orbs had just stopped. About 15 to 30 minutes later, my patient wakes up and decides to get up from the bed. I go in there and thought it was weird for him because he didn't really do that the night prior. I ask him where he's going. He points to an area behind me and says that his friends are here and he wants to play cards with them. My co-worker who was with me paled. I just said they should play cards when it was a little later and tucked him into bed. Uh, I thought that this whole situation was pretty wholesome. My coworkers thought it was nuts. Uh, I was I was like his friends. Oh, sorry, it was written weird. I was like his friends just wanted to stop by and say hi. So, yeah, that was more wholesome. I but but I have heard I like orbs so. Yeah, I have heard of orbs is a common thing in, orbs. in paranormal it is. Uh, activity. It's spe specifically with like um video footage and like yeah. like cameras like I've seen um I've seen like TikToks about them. Mm. And honestly, I didn't really know anything about orbs before, but um yeah, that shit sound Will you read this last one? Because this one's on an old pediatric unit, and then that will be the last one. This one right here. It's been a long day. My eyeballs are not. I know. Well, also the background's black with the yeah. white letters. It kind of messed with my eyes. Uh, so this is three stories, apparently. Three minis. Yeah. I have three. The first is our unit was moved to the old pediatric floor for a renovation. It was like 3 a.m., of course, uh, and the call bell goes off. The patient is furious because... The patient next door has been banging on the walls. We could hear the banging. We apologize, tell them we will go talk to them. Walk into the room next door, the banging stops, and that patient is sound asleep. I don't like that. Second story. Uh, I had a patient for a couple months. I do inpatient oncology, so our patients get sick very fast. He was on comfort care and passed alone. Take him to the morgue and they clean the room. New patient gets in there. Poor lady calls in the middle of the night that there's a strange man sitting in her room. Uh, we go in there. We go in. She's like, I swear he was just there. She describes him. Yep, exactly like the former patient. <gasps> <laughs> don't that don't love that. creepy to me. Yeah. Uh, last one. Again, another patient that we took care of for a few months. Very sad situation. The room is next to the nurse's station. He had been very confused, active patient in a low bed, so constantly setting off alarms. <clears throat> he passes. The room gets clean and placed on hold for a new admit. His call, bell, his call bell went off all night long. Finally, one of the nurses went in and yelled at him, air quotes, uh, that it was time to quiet down and let us get work done. The call bell didn't go off again. But no one was in that room. Right. Nobody was in there, but somebody just went in and like, Ooh, like, it was like, in. like at the ghost. Yeah. 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 These are pretty good. Yeah. The second one was scary. It's scary. You have somebody like confirming it. She describes the exact man that she had never seen before. That's always the most scary is when it's, there's confirmation for what you saw. Close yeah. it. Yeah. Those are some good stories. Yeah little mix in there see this is why i wanted to do this podcast earlier because now i gotta go 
<laughs> I gotta go turn on Disney Plus. I've gotta find a good show to watch. Yeah. Disney Plus, really? Yeah, I'm gonna go find a Disney Channel original, Luck of the Irish or Brink, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and I've gotta mellow out. Well, thank you for doing this with me. This is like my favorite thing ever. I love fucking scary stories. Yeah. Well, fucking scary stories and you know, whatever. Makes one of us. Makes one of us. Yeah, but um this is a season finale. Yeah, yeah we're so, gonna start season two. Well, I mean, we'll still be filming season two, but I don't know when we're gonna drop season two of Friends and Enemas. But I just wanted to thank you guys for being so encouraging and following along for all the comments and all the feedback. I hope that you've noticed that I have been listening to your feedback on sound quality and like trying not to talk when other people are talking. <laughs> um, you know, just I'm definitely trying to listen and make this like an enjoyable podcast for you guys too. And I just really, really appreciate you guys for even humoring me. And uh, yeah. yeah. Excited for some uh, new faces next season. Next season. You don't have to hear my voice. No, people like you on here. You're still going to be on here. I'll, I'll, I'll still pop in occasionally. Yeah. You will. Yeah. You're still going to be on here. But yeah, guys, um, until next time, wish us luck. Please keep sending in your hospital stories, whether they're encouraging, new grad stories. I still will be reading spooky stories throughout the year, like even if it's not scary season. Please send in your stories to fne at leadhealth.com. Email will be in the description. And don't forget to look over um, at my Patreon, Juicy Bits, because in the off season, we'll be doing a lot of fun things over there as well. Um, Today, I filmed a little um, thing with a quote-unquote normie or someone who is not in healthcare, and I showed her common hospital devices and asked her what, what she thought they were. It's very, very comical. So that'll be over there. We're going to be sharing other stories over there as well. But I just wanted to thank you guys and can't wait to see you uh, in season two. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.